0: Welcome to this Summer Sabbath Sunday here at First Presbyterian Church. I'm Danny.
1: And I'm Connie. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. Now, hear the word of the Lord from Paul's letter to the church at Rome, chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and to deal with sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, so that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit." For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit since the Spirit of God dwells in you. that dwells in you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: The second lesson is taken from Matthew. We are in the 13th chapter. We are reading verses one through nine, and then we will skip to 18 through 23. So as Vicky said earlier, it's the parable of the sower. And then one of the few times that Jesus interprets one of his parables So listen again with fresh ears. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables saying, listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path. and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. And then to verse 18. Here in the parable of the sower, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but cares, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word and it yields nothing. But as far as what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bear fruits and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another 60, and in another 30. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, friends, if you can go back with me to the days of yesteryear, back to 1992, there was an American sports comedy drama film called A League of Their Own. It tells a fictionalized account of the real life All American Girls Professional Baseball League. It was directed by Penny Marshall and great stars like Tom Hanks and Gina Davis. Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, Lori Petty. And the quick plot of the story was that during World War II, with all of the baseball players who had gone to serve to fight the war, there would be no baseball, but they recruited women to come and have an all-female baseball league. Now, Tom Hanks's character was the coach, the manager of the team. He was a former baseball great, but then had an injury and became an alcoholic. And this was a gift to him, that he could come back to the game of baseball, although he didn't appreciate it at first, was drunk most of the first half of the movie, didn't treat the women well, couldn't quite figure out how to get along with this idea of women in baseball. And if you remember, you've ever heard that phrase, there's no crying in baseball. It comes from that this movie. When one of the female baseball players was crying, he said, are you, are you crying? And she, there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. Well, as the movie progresses, Gina Davis's character, Dottie, is really the big star of the league. She's the most talented. She is pretty. Publicity has been built around her to get attention so that folks will be watching the league. And well, her husband Bob comes home from war, played by Bill Pullman. And when the team is loading up on the bus to go to the next town, she's loading up the car to go home with Bob to start their family. And Tom Hanks The rough, salty coach comes and knows that she's brilliant. And they have a friendship that is developed throughout the movie, nothing more than that. But at this point, they have a conversation. And Tom Hanks says, you're going to miss all this, aren't you? And she says something to the degree of all of these double headers and triple headers and 100 degree temperature wearing all my, my gear getting bruised up and cut on a daily basis no you think I'm going to miss that and he says yeah i think you will and then finally gina davis says it's just too hard to which tom hanks <clears throat> excuse me responds well baseball's supposed to be hard and then he says hard is what makes it great hard is what makes it great And today, Jesus is telling the disciples that things are going to be hard for them. But this is a necessary part of a journey that should they follow, they too will be great. So as we look at the gospel of Matthew, we're in the 13th chapter. And right before this chapters 11 and 12, and later in this chapter 13, after Jesus tells the parable, there is conflict. Chapter 11 and 12, people are opposing and not understanding Jesus' ministry at all. And at the end of this chapter 13, Jesus is rejected in his hometown. Isn't that Joseph's boy, Joseph and Mary? Why does he speak with us to authority? We know him. And they rejected him in his hometown. In the middle of these two rejection bookends... Jesus tells his disciples to get ready, it's going to be hard, but there is such joy that is abundant and woven into this journey that it is worth the time, effort, joy and frustrations. So as Vicky laid out, this parable called the parable of the sower or sometimes even the parable of the the soils because it tells us of these four different soils is where Jesus starts. And he begins and ends with the word listen. Listen. And there's a lot to that understanding with let those who have ears to hear, hear. Listen in the beginning and listen at the end. So Jesus says, a sower goes out to sow and gives us the four different kinds of ground on which the seed will fall. First is the hardest and the most unproductive. It is the path. Think about a path in the woods that is used regularly, whether that is packed down by human feet, animal traffic, Everything that walks through that forest goes through there. Vegetation is beaten back, and it is hard and beaten down. If a seed lands there, there's no place for it to go because the ground is so hard, it can't can't get into the soil. It's that top layer that becomes tough and impenetrable. There's nowhere for it to go, so it just sits there, and that's when the birds come, other animals eat it, the sun bakes it, It simply can't take root. Secondly, we get to rocky soil. Now, just think of soil with rocks in it, stones different size. So rocky is the ground that there is soil there, but it it can't be accessed in the way that it needs to for that seed to grow. Seed can fall there, a little bit of soil, and there's a little bit of shoot, woo! But it doesn't take long for the sun to come out and bake it because there's no root system. It's not getting the nutrients it needs, and it cannot grow beyond that initial shoot. Now, the thorny, the thorny soil is just that, thorny and weeds, thorns. We grow up some Christian growth, but then all these things come in and overtake us and choke us so we can't continue to grow. And finally, the good soil, what we're all seeking to find, that good, rich nutrient-filled soil, not too much sun, not too much water, all just right, the conditions, so that the proper growth can occur. Well, let's look real quick. On the path, as Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, may very well mean that those, this is for those who will not understand or listen. He begins and ends with the word listen. If we don't listen there's no chance. It's like all of us when we refuse to pray or read scripture. How can we understand? It's near impossible to follow Christ in a way that we can grow when we refuse to do anything that helps us understand, practice, live, as a Christian. That's the hard part. Rocky soil, I think we find ourselves in on a regular basis. I think many of us live in rocky soil. Why? Well, because if we've had some Christian experiences and some connectedness with Christ, that is that shoot. Yay, woohoo! I'm on a retreat. I'm having a mountaintop experience. I've given my life to Christ. I've had a conversion moment. I've looked back over my life and I've seen Christ in it and I realize that and I make a decision to come to Christ or I find that Christ has been with me all the journey so far. That's that great first step, that initial part of any great relationship, especially with God, when all you want is to be in it. That's that shoot, that growth that shoots right up. But if we leave it there, if we come off of that mountaintop experience, we come back from the mission trip, we come back from the conference, you leave that Bible study, you stop serving other people the way that brought you that experience, you step away from church that keeps you in that moment, we don't have what it takes to sustain the growth when the difficulties of life start to beat us down. There is a phenomenon, another baseball image here. Professional baseball coaches talk about morning glory syndrome. Morning glories are called morning glories because they unfold into full bloom in the early morning. Then as the day progresses, they start to fade. So morning glory is given to young recruits in professional baseball who perform marvelously initially in spring practice in Florida or Arizona. But then as they travel, as they get into the lengthy baseball season, season's gone by, season's yet to come, but probably not this one. They run out of stamina. They run out of the will to be committed to this life and this lifestyle. They get tired, they get hurt, they get beat down. Like Gina Davis's character who says, this is just too hard. And by June, their batting average drops and some will even be released from the team. As Christians, we can be there too. And we are excited about faith, but then we step away from it all or we don't continue to build the roots that will allow us to sustain the difficulty of life when we step down from the mountaintop or we get a little distance from that amazing God moment we had in our life. Sometimes even weekly, we can come to worship and we can sprout from the word that we hear and the prayers that we pray and the word that we study in Sunday school and in the sermon and the beautiful music and the place that means so much to us where God is present in our hearts and lives. And we shoot up for the day. And then when we leave here, it's like we were never here. And as we get back into our life and work and all those other voices come... We don't have the roots to sustain our Christian growth. So we get to that thorny, weedy part that we could be growing better than in rocky ground. We can grow more because we can go deeper here, but we're all entangled with the mess that's around us. You may not even be able to separate the weeds and thorns, from the good growth that's coming. And then it can get to a point where it literally chokes the life out of us. And Jesus tells us in this interpretation what he means. He says, this is the cares of the world, and even mentions wealth as one of those things. So all those things that sometimes, all of those voices that do us harm, all of those voices that we seek that do not satisfy are those weeds and those thorns. And we can still be growing, but we don't know it because we're all crowded and packed and all the weeds and thorns are all over us and we, we can't continue to grow in a healthy way and it may eventually strangle us. Those are the cares of the world. Many of us live there as well. And then finally, ah, the good soil, the good stuff. That place we all seek to be a part of. That good soil that when the seed lands, we know that it's going to grow. That we know that good things are going to come out of it. How much? Well, we don't know that. That's... God's business. But for this miraculous harvest, as Jesus talks about, it's not a one-for-one, that one seed yields one sprout. It has to be multiple sprouts from each seed. Otherwise, that wouldn't be a hundredfold of the, the yield and the harvest. Robert Shuler said, anyone can count the seeds in an apple but only God can count the number of apples in a seed. Meaning that we don't even know many times when we are planting in that good soil, in this case, what's going to come, what the harvest will be, but God knows. And God tells us to continue to work that soil so that his miraculous harvest can take place. I'd like to share with you a Vincent Van Gogh painting from 1885 called The Old Church at the Nuenen, which is a town, parentheses, The Peasant's churchyard). Again, this was 1885, and Vincent Van Gogh's father was a minister. Did not know that before I studied this a little bit researched it, and his father was called to this town, the town of Nuenen, which I'm probably saying incorrectly, which is in the Netherlands, and this was a subject of some 11 of Van Gogh's paintings, but this is one of the few where the tower, the steeple, has already collapsed in. This building's about 100 years old. It has been abandoned and will soon to be torn down not too long after Van Gogh paints this. And for him, he says, he wanted to honor the peasants who for centuries have been laid to rest among the fields in which they were rooted when alive. So if you look at the main building, you see, again, there should be a steeple on the top, but it has collapsed inside and no longer exists. There is no steeple. But if you look around the building, you'll see little crosses amongst the wildflowers and the other bushes and flowers growing. There's a cross directly in front of the church. There are crosses on the right side many crosses on the left side as you look at it, and I'm sure the crosses then go around the back. And Van Gogh thought it ironic that the field that these farmers sowed is now the field in which they are buried, becoming the seed and the soil for that next generation of growth which is symbolized by the flowers and the plants that you see around. But one of the things that struck me was that it's not this church that is any longer proclaiming the risen Christ. It is simply a crumbled shell. But if you look around the building, these farmers who had dealt in what is clearly good soil in living their lives and as Christians, now proclaim by the crosses that mark their death in their graves that Christ has been raised. Therefore, even in their death, they are proving to be good seed and good growth. So the first thing I want us to do is to know which of these four you find yourself. Are you on the path finding it very difficult to be in any sense connected with Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit? Are you in that rocky soil where you have some moments every now and again but can't sustain it and wither away? Are you in that thorny, weedy patch where you're growing okay, but nobody knows it, and eventually you can strangle you out with all these other things that are pulling and circling you for the cares of this world? Or do we find ourselves in the good soil? And friends, I think the answer is yes. I think depending on the day and the season and the circumstances of our lives, we can be in any one of those four places Sometimes the soil is good and rich, and we feel connected to Christ, our church family, with others. At times, we are all in different degrees of deficit, even to the point of the path. But the great thing is, we are not stuck in the place or the ground where we are. We have control, we can make decisions over how to move to better ground. You know how to do this. If you haven't been giving your time to God, then do that. If you have neglected your prayer life or studying again, Jesus talks about this in terms of understanding and listening. And we can't do that without seeking and practicing. But the more that we equate those things, the service, the worship, the fellowship, the more that we can place ourselves in more fertile And promising ground. That is the joy, that we have the decision to stay where we are or to grow into better ground so that we can bloom as the seed that Christ has planted. Now, the second thing is, then we turn and we focus on sharing these seeds, scattering these seeds with the world. And Vicky said it in one of her questions. Why does this sower just chunk it all out everywhere? It seems like Jesus is a bad business owner. He's wasting resources by throwing it on the first two easy, the path in the rocky ground. Why waste the seed? But maybe it's not a waste after all. God's abundance is a part of what this parable is telling us. I think it's telling us that there is no place where we shouldn't be sharing the love of Christ. Even on that path, even if it's sitting there in the middle, what if a a squirrel runs by or a deer comes by and it gets stuck to some fur and then that animal takes it and drops it into better soil? What if the rains come and wash it off to the side of that path? Nothing is impossible with God. And the rocky soil, there is growth there. And in the thorns and the weeds, there is growth there as well. So friends, today we are called to both make our lives better by making decisions to be in better soil and then to pivot and to say, that as bearers, as sowers of God's love, there is no place and no one where we shouldn't be spreading that love and that joy. The sower didn't cultivate the land. He didn't just put the seeds where he had plowed in the perfect environment. It was everywhere. And our job is to spread that seed, God's seed everywhere, so then we let God take it. What a joy to be a part of that mission. Yes, it's going to be hard as Jesus told the disciples. But we will grow. We will be transformed. And those that we share this word, this seed, this joy with also will flourish and grow because of what we have done to help them do so. So go out into this day, friends, and know that you are being called to grow yourselves and then to help in abundant fashion share the love of God in every place and with all people. Hallelujah. Amen.